Hello and welcome to this edition of Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. This is a new series we've recently launched to showcase the personalities in and around UW-Whitewater Athletics. My name is Chris Lindicky and I'm Assistant Athletic Director for the Warhawks. Today's guest is Carrie Crow, who's in her 19th season as head women's basketball coach at UW-Whitewater. Coach Corallo has led the Warhawks to six WIC championships, two conference tournament titles, and 12 NCAA tournament appearances, including trips to the Final Four in 2008, 2013, and 2014. Last season, the team won the WIC regular season championship and hosted the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. Coach Corallo enters the 2021 season with a 355 and 152 career record, good for a 700 winning percentage, and is a four-time WIC Coach of the Year. She also serves as Senior Woman Administrator and Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance at UW-Whitewater. Coach, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. We'll start right away with uh, this year's team. Uh, how are things going so far in your preparation? Well, it's been uh, very challenging, as we all know, with um, all the changes due to COVID. But uh, we have formally found out that we will be playing starting February 3rd will be our first contest. So uh, there's definitely a shift of focus, as we like to use in the COVID world and in women's basketball and men's basketball, the word pivot. So we have been pivoting a lot, um, but I've really worked hard to try to prepare this team the best that I can um, and make sure that they understand the level of expectation that we have within our program, regardless if it's a COVID year or not. So um, a lot of teaching, a lot of motivating, um, we've had many, many days of practice, so I really think they're ready to put on the uniform and face someone other than their teammate, for sure. <laughs> I think a lot of our teams are having that same sentiment, ready to go here in the first week of February. Um, as you mentioned, Fe February 3rd, uh, taking on UW-Stevens Point away and then hosting them uh, two days later, um, and that format continues through February into the postseason, WIC tournament and NCAA championship. Um, so, Coach, uh, tell me about this year's team uh, personnel-wise. Uh, I know you've had some turnover um, in the backcourt, losing seniors uh, uh, Becky Rader and Megan Corcoran. Uh, that entire front court, that devastating four-person rotation in the front court all coming back, so we're excited to see them. Um, but tell me a little bit about this year's team and some of their characteristics. Yeah, I think, you know, losing two seniors like we had last year, great leaders, um, and just just driven and focused and really just did a great job with a young team last year. Um, I give a lot of credit to those two for really leading the group. So losing them is a big loss, as always. Losing um, any group of seniors is always tough, but I feel fairly confident um, coming back this year that we we're finally healthy. And I think that that was a big part of um, how, why and how our season ended last year is that we just, we weren't healthy. And so um, we were, we were holding together towards the end and 
Um, and we had a nice run, but it fell shorter and faster than we really wanted it to. Um, we really had worked hard to make a run deep into the NCAA tournament and losing in the first round was definitely pretty devastating for this group. So um, making sure that we took this off season to improve and really to make sure that we just got healthy again. So having Emily Schumacher back after uh, tearing her ACL in December is going to be a huge addition for us. She's back. She's stronger. She's in better shape. She's more focused. So we're very excited to have her um, running the show at point guard. And then um, having Rebecca Schumacher back on the wing and Veronica Kiris back as a, as a junior now, and she's stronger and um, just really understands her role so much better and just much more confident. Both of those two are much more confident in their roles now. And then, like you said, our front court having Johanna Taylor and Aaliyah Grandal back, Aaliyah Grandal being the um, freshman of the year in our conference. Um, those two back, just great chemistry between the two of them and um, really just have ways of finding each other and and different situations within our offense. They really read each other well. So having those two back and then, you know, coming off the bench, we have a pretty healthy group of, of women that are ready to, to contribute, which is exciting. So we have Isa Stodomingo, which just, she just had that great um, interview with the WIC. So um, having her come off the bench, she's just a spark plug. She creates so many things for us defensively. Um, so her to just come in and, and back up Emily is um, going to be a great little one-two punch. And then um, Abby Belchner is healthy. Finally, yay, we get her back. Um, yeah, so she was a freshman for us last year. So a lot of folks really didn't get a chance to see her at 100%, but she is really close. She started um, doing a lot more in practice yesterday, and we feel that very confident that she'll be ready on February 3rd. So um, we're happy to have her back along with Courtney Umans, who can come on in and um, just a great scoring threat around the rim and from the perimeter and has a lot of size. So we've, and we, then we've added a great group of freshmen. So we are extremely excited about this team. We've added length, um, which was our goal. We wanted to make sure that on the perimeter, we were at least 5'10 or taller. Um, in this new class that we have and athletic and quick. Um, so we are looking to um, transition from playing a lot. We played a lot of half court basketball last year. We'd like to transition back into a more up tempo and a more full court game um, that we traditionally are accustomed to. You alluded to the leadership of last year's senior class, but um, this year, it's been especially important for those for the four seniors on your team um, to have that leadership role. So talk about what they've brought so far. Yeah, our four seniors have done just a tremendous job. And I apologize, I failed to mention uh, Nani Adriana Green. Um, she is one of our captains and um, she, her and Johanna Taylor are two captains. And those four seniors have done just an unbelievable job with these, with this whole team. I mean, we, we didn't know what to expect coming into this year. We didn't know how focused and how serious they were going to take COVID and um, what kind of social decisions they were going to make, if they were going to make good decisions that were going to be in the best interest of our team, or if they were going to decide to just kind of spread their wings and do their own thing. But 
Um, these four seniors have set the tone. They have told this team from the very first day that we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that this team stays safe, stays healthy, and stays together. So we have, knock on wood, not had one positive COVID te test in this group. Um, we are hoping to maintain that <laughs> for about six or seven more weeks or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, they have really um, gone above and beyond my expectations. And so I, with that being said, if we can overcome those obstacles uh, with that kind of leadership, I'm really excited to see what they can do on the court. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union, achieving more together. Now, back to the podcast. I want to shift gears a little bit, Coach, um, and get into your background a little bit. Um, you know, you're from California. Uh, so tell me about your background in basketball and, and where you got your starting you know, playing college basketball and then into coaching. Yeah, so I grew up in a little tiny town in California called Miranda. And there's only about 350 students in my high school and in my community. Um, very rural Northern California community up in the redwood trees. Um, and I had <clears throat> just a great upbringing. Both of my parents were school teachers and educators. And I had two sisters, or I have two sisters <laughs> um, that I grew up with. And my, my dad uh, was a high school baseball coach and football coach. So I think um, he kind of got me excited about athletics and um, my sisters and I both, we played a lot of sports growing up, and then I always kind of knew that I wanted, um, basketball was my passion, so I really wanted to continue my career after high school, but I lived in a little tiny town, so I didn't really get a lot of exposure, and um, so thankfully, when um, the college near us, Humboldt State, which was about an hour and 45 minutes from um, Miranda, they were interested, so I... Um, went up there and I didn't know what to expect, but I was surrounded by a great group of women and some fantastic coaches and just had a great experience there and academically didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of was just floundering around. And um, as a student athlete, we used to do a lot of just like weekend clinics, you know, like we do here at Whitewater. And so I was doing a weekend clinic as a student athlete and coaching one of my little teams. And my assistant coach came up to me and she's like, Carrie, you're so good at this. You Have you thought about coaching? I'm like, what? It's like a job? <laughs> do people do that? She's like, yeah, you would be really good at it. So she actually was the one that kind of started me thinking about it um, even more so than, than my, you know, my father. But um, so then she kind of guided me. She said, well, you got to finish your degree and then go to grad school. So I went to graduate school in La Crosse, Wisconsin, of all places. Um, flew out here with my mom. It was sunny and beautiful. And so I was like, wow, Wisconsin's not so bad. <laughs> and 
And she, my mom's like, well, you know, it's going to snow, it's going to be cold. And I said, well, okay, well, we'll just see how it goes. And um, so I ended up at lacrosse for two years as a grad assistant. And then thankfully, um, through meeting my husband, Joe, at lacrosse and him knowing the head coach at UW-Stout, Mark Thomas, through that connection, um, Mark Thomas at UW-Stout hired me as an assistant at Stout. And at the time, it wasn't really a full-time position. So I had to, I was the head tennis coach. I was the compliance coordinator and the assistant basketball coach. So Joe and I worked a lot and for very little money, but we had a great life. It was awesome for those three years. And then um, I decided that I wanted to, to see if I could be a head coach and the Whitewater position opened up. And actually, um, my, my colleague that was my assistant at Stout, he said, um, hey, Carrie, you going to apply for the job at Whitewater? I was like, no way. I'm not going to get that job. <laughs> He's like, well, just throw your name in there and see what happens. So I did. And here I am. <laughs> um, so I have a lot, a lot of people to thank um, along the way. I think that's the crazy thing about, you know, any profession is that it's the people that you surround yourself that really, really catapult you to the next phase and really see something special in you that maybe you can, you know, take that next challenge on in your career. So um, there's a lot of people that I really have a lot of gratitude towards and um, even coaches that I've been blessed with to coach with here too at Whitewater. So I've been um, very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of awesome people that have helped guide me along the way. Well said. Um, I wanted to talk to you about just kind of the transition of the program. Um, you know, when you arrived, uh, a couple of right off the bat, a couple of sub 500 seasons, um, you know, which at this point in your career, you're not used to anymore. Um, you haven't had one in a while. Um, but a couple of sub 500 seasons right off the bat, um, you know, that third year, a little bit of an improvement the fourth year kind of the same and then really it was that that transition to the fifth year where you go 12 and 4 in the WIC you go from 6 and 10 to 12 and 4 um, 19 and 7 overall runner up in the conference um, and then that of course leads into your final four season in 2007-08 but talk about the transformation um, and the culture change that you had to put into place to make that transition from you know, the bottom third of the WIC to, you know, a, a conference uh, top two or three every single year? Yeah, there were a lot of growing pains. I will say that um, not only from a program standpoint, but also for me per personally um, and professionally. So, you know, you throw a 26 year old into that role and, um, you know, you think you know everything right as a young coach. So I'm I know right away I got to change the culture of the program. I got to, you know, we have to set goals. We have to have vision. We have to have a plan, like, you know, all of those things. And you really have to, um, to understand the kind of the dynamic of the group that you're taking on. And so that was challenging because the group of women that I started out with, even those first two or three years, really had no understanding of what it took to be an elite program. And so, you know, as a young coach, you're, 
instead of teaching them and guiding them, you're more of kind of shoving it down their throat. And so I had to learn that that probably wasn't the most effective way to get it done. So, um, so, so it was a learning process for all of us, you know, and I think um, I have a lot of gratitude to, to Mark Thomas at Stout because he really taught me um, what it took to be a great program and the work ethic you have to have to to get to that level. Um, so so I thank him a lot for that. He taught me a ton in that regard. So, but I also didn't have the mentorship or the guidance on like how to do that. So it did take me a while to kind of figure that out um, collectively with the group. Um, but I knew that the culture when I got here was really in a rough spot. So um, just changing that mentality of, you know, what is practice gonna look like? What are the expectations of practice? Um, what's the time commitment? You know, what is the off season commitment? And then, you know, how do you collaborate that with just earning people's respect um, for your program and for you as a young coach? And so it definitely take, took us some time. Um, because we really were starting from scratch. And I do have a lot of love and appreciation for those women that hung in there with me because it was tough. I mean, there were some tough days where um, things weren't weren't going great. And so I give them a lot of the credit of our successes now because if it wasn't for them kind of grinding it through the trenches, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, um, so I give them a ton of credit for that. The biggest piece of the puzzle, Chris, and you, I know you're going to know the answer to this, is recruiting. You got to get great players. And we were blessed um, to get a couple Division I transfers, which doesn't ha happen every day, in combination with just some really solid recruiting classes. Um, so you got to have talent at the end of the day. I mean, it doesn't matter how great of a coach you are um, or how bad of a coach you are. You have to have talent. And, at the, and that really is what catapulted us into being a great, a great program. So talent with uh, in the combination of work ethic and focus and having a vision of something better is really what changed it for us. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, it, uh, that recruiting piece, um, extremely important for all not just your program but for all of our programs at uw whitewater getting that top talent on campus and uh and then going from there so um but speaking of talent talk to me about that final four team that 2008 team that was a team you know when you really when you look back at it um they still have the program record for wins in a season 29 and 4 um, which is pretty remarkable um to think about um, you know, like, like you, we talked about a final four, uh, ended up in third place in the nation. Um, some special players on that team, Tiffany Morton comes to mind. Um, you know, she, I, we had her on an earlier podcast. Um, but talk about that team and really what that meant to your career and, and, and continuing to build the program into what it is today. Yeah, that team, um, <laughs> I would take that team up against any of the teams that we've had in the last few years um, competitively. I mean, they they loved to compete. They um, they had a really good sense of 
selflessness. They really didn't care who, I mean, you can watch film of Tiff. She could probably have scored every possession if she wanted, but she knew if the double team came and she kicked it out to her teammate that they would knock down a three. She would, they would get an easier shot. So just the basketball IQ and the ability to be able to just completely take over games, um, you know, with having Tiff, you know, as our starter and then Dana Thompson coming off the bench. I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch there from those two women that, um, both ended up being all Americans for us. So, and then you, then you look at our perimeter and, and Kelsey Hendrickson, who, you know, she worked an entire year. She practiced for an entire year and couldn't compete because of the NCAA rules. And she just practiced every single day. Um, so for her to come in after showing us her commitment to our team, our program, and then shooting almost 50% from three that year, was just phenomenal. I mean, I talked to her about her yesterday with our team, actually, and um, just how she, her commitment to the game was just unrelenting. And then, yeah, Trisha Thill and Heidi Sontag and Lindsay Beekner. I mean, just the talent, the core talent and the athleticism of that group um, was, was second to none. And we should have won a national championship. There's no doubt about it. But I will say Howard Payne, to this day, they had a great team as well. So, I mean, of course, we're, we're sad that we didn't get to play in the national championship game. I feel like that game against Howard Payne was probably the national championship game. But, um, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the other two teams. But, um, you know, so... To not win it all with that group was had to say a lot for our opponent and um, their abilities and uh, the group that, that they had. So, uh, but that team was special. We've had a lot of special teams, but that one will forever uh, probably mark history unless we unless we win a national championship. That will be the best team I think in Warhawk history. I want to ask you too, Coach, about the. The other final fours uh, that you went to and kind of more uh, talking about them as kind of a package or a run as opposed to each run individually, um, because really it was kind of the same core of players in that back to back run. Um, Mary Merg, uh, Amy Mandrell, Caitlin Phil, you know, talk about that group and, you know, what 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 were the characteristics there that allowed them to have so much national success? That group, um, I would say to go back to back final fours was really looking back was really unbelievable. Um, so hard to get there just one time um, and to do it twice is really incredible. Um, that group, I will tell you some of the most viciously competitive players I've ever coached um, hated losing hated it, would get after each other like nobody's business. Practice was heated, intense, focused because they wanted to compete. Um, game time, they, they were out for blood. I mean, they were just tough, hard-nosed, um, extremely competitive women. And, um, and you can see it in their everyday lives. It's just, it was just unreal. So, um, to have that group and then 
when we went in 2014 to bring in Kristen Rockti at half, you know, halfway through the year was just a blessing. It was like this little breath of fresh air that we had never done that before. So um, our team was, they just wanted to win. Like, like, like I said, they didn't care who was going to get it done or if we were going to bring some 6-1 volleyball player in <laughs> that could play basketball too uh, mid-semester, they were like, yeah, if she can help us win and get us back to the Final Four, bring her on. We'd love to have her. So um, I would say the character of that group was, um, was really special. And um, let's not forget how gifted talent, you know, wise they were as well. But we had, um, you know, in 2013, I want to say that that was kind of a Cinderella team um, because we had a really special season um, that was dedicated to Alex Scarborough, who uh, who committed suicide. And and I really think that that was a special team for a lot of different reasons. And I feel like that they collectively um, really went that far and had those amazing special moments because of their unrelenting just selflessness to each other um, because of the loss of their teammate. Um, so, I, you know, that was kind of my little Cinderella team that I will, will love and cherish for, for a lot of those reasons. You know, we could talk probably about every season you've had really since 2007, 2008. Um, because you've been in the NCAA tournament every year except for one. Um, but I guess just big picture, Coach, how has the program, what have been the keys to, for the program to sustain that success um, and continue to build on, you know, a championship culture every single year? Yeah, I mean, I think the hardest thing as a coach is to sustain, like you said, Um it's difficult. It's really hard. People don't understand how difficult that is. It's, it's hard enough to have one great year, but then to be able to do that year after year, because you are, we are the hated team in our conference. We get everyone's best effort every single night because they want to say we beat Whitewater. So you add that on top of already the challenges that you have of just trying to win the game um it is it is a challenging thing as a coach to help to try to get your student athletes or the players on your team to understand that you're going to get everyone's best and that you are the one that they mark or circle every year on their calendar or on their schedule so we talk a lot about that. I'm very honest with them. I tell them, right, like we've already had this conversation multiple times with, with our team this year. You know, we're opening with Stevens Point. Stevens Point hasn't won many games as of late. But they still, if that group of seniors can say, we beat Whitewater, they are going to have a huge celebration and then talk about it at their banquet, probably, about how they beat us. So... So being able to convey that and to get them to understand that and then for them to be able to take that and use it as motivation to perform every single night is, um, is really challenging. But it starts in practice. So if we practice every single day like we are playing 
against the toughest opponent in our conference or even the team that maybe hasn't done well but is going to give us their best every single night, then that will translate into the game situation. So it really starts with me, and it starts with me setting the tone and really making sure that they understand the importance of continuing the tradition of excellence that we have established and that they don't want to settle for average. Why would we do that? So just constant dialogue and, and, and developing captains that understand the mission and the goals of the group. So if you have, if I can develop those captains that understand, then they will translate that to the next year and to the next year and to the next year. So um, we have been blessed with great players that have been very dedicated to our program as a whole. They respect the tradition, they understand our goals and what we're trying to accomplish, and they don't want to let anybody down. They don't want to let us down. And if we can find players that have that attitude and that feeling, then uh, we're going to be very successful. Touched on it just at the end there, um, you know, about finding the right players and the right fit. Um, you know, you talked earlier in the podcast about, um, you know, finding length on the perimeter. But is there a certain type of player that, are there other, other characteristics, I should say, that you're looking in pros prospective student athletes? Um, and then is there kind of a geographical area that you and your staff kind of focus in on? Or how, do, how does that work uh, with your recruiting process? Yeah, so just from a geographical standpoint, you know, we really try to stay as local as possible. Um, we, for a lot of different reasons, you know, one is we really want our families to be a part of, of what we do. We feel like if they have good um, support outside of basketball um, with families and, and folks, friends, whoever that are interested in what they're doing on the basketball court and are helping motivate them, to continue that through the off season, um, then that is extremely helpful. So we like that nucleus of family around. So that's one reason why we recruit um, relatively close. So we're looking at like Madison, Milwaukee, um, the Fox Valley area. We don't get too much up north past Eau Claire, but once in a while we'll find someone that's that's super interested. Like Kaylee Katz is from Clayton, which is pretty far north. Um, but we'll find, you know, hit hit and miss there. But and then a lot of it is Illinois. So we get down into um, the suburbs of Illinois quite a bit. Great basketball, highly competitive. You get a little bit bigger population. You get bigger schools, so the the competition is tougher. Um, so we recruit uh, quite a few women out of there. Um, I forgot the other part of your question: recruiting. Oh, yeah, other characteristics. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, so that's a great question because, um, you know, it's always awesome to have talent, but uh, the character of the player is probably the most important thing. Um, I want players that love basketball, love it, can't live without it, want to be in the gym all the time. When they have a day off, they want to be in the gym shooting, getting better. Um, that's the first thing passion for the game. Second would be just competitive as all get out. Hates losing at a card game with their friend. Like <laughs> the type of personality that wants to win more than anything. 
So just that competitive winning personality, that drive, um, that is that is so, so important. Um, and then I would say someone that is selfless, um, someone that is willing to sacrifice a lot of maybe their social life or, um, you know, doing things that maybe an average college student would do that they're willing to give up um, for their teammates, for their family, um, and for their education. So we talk about, you know, kind of the hierarchy of priorities, right? So family first, education second, and then it has to be basketball. Uh, social life, if you have time, you can mix it in there, and we're happy to support that. But um, it has to be those three things first. And if we can find that type of talent combined with that type of personality, then we it's a win-win for us. And we have really stopped settling um, in our program for the average talent that maybe maybe could help us. Like we don't want to look for for women anymore that could have potential. We are really looking for women that can come in and contribute in many different ways right right away, right from the start. So um, which is exciting for us because that makes the gym extremely competitive and um, is going to get us to reach the goals that we want to reach. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Culver's, a proud partner of UW-Whitewater Athletics and the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Culver's recognizes the student-athletes of the WIC for their hard work, dedication, and commitment to excellence on and off the field. Located just minutes from campus right here in Whitewater, Culver's, welcome to Delicious. Some of those student athletes that you have recruited throughout the years, coach, have be have become coaches themselves. Um, you know, we talked about Tiffany Morton earlier down at Georgia State as an assistant. Uh, Mary Merg, who I believe now is in high school coaching, but had been in, in the college game for a, a year or two. Um, Aaron McKinney is part of that. Um, somebody who's on your staff, and then a couple of former players on your current staff. You've got Kirsten Hammer and Brooke Truen. So um, talk about what that coaching tree means to you. That has to be something that you're very proud of and um, what that means to your program. Yeah, I'm super proud of all of those ladies. And um, what's funny though, Chris, is that Joe and I always try to talk them out of it. <laughs> We're always like, are you sure you want to be a college coach? You sure you want to coach? Because it is a lot. <laughs> So we really try to, I guess, not talk them out of it, but paint a very clear picture of the lifestyle because um, it is stressful. It's stressful and it takes away sometimes from a lot of uh, family time and just the, the everyday, like nine to five. It's not an everyday nine to five type of job. So we really try to, to paint a clear picture for them. So we know if they choose the coaching path, that they really have a passion for coaching, um, which makes us very proud and very excited for them. And um, yeah, we feel uh, very blessed as, as, you know, my husband and I, we, um, we feel very fortunate to have these women that go out and they want to still give back to the game. I think that that's the, the biggest part of it is that the game has given my family, our family so much. Um, and has enriched our lives so much that it's great to see that they want to continue to give back um, to the game in different ways. And 
Um, I've got moms out there that are coaching their little sons and daughters. So we've got that too, which is super um, fun. Like one of my former alums from um, my early years, she's got three kids now and she brings her kids to all of our clinics and our camps. And um, so it's fun to see that as well, because there's all different levels of giving back to the game. And so it's fun to see them um, really happy in their lives and that, that I have been able to um, touch their lives in some way that has benefited them. So, um, but I will say the, the, you know, Tiffany Morton at Georgia State, just phenomenal job that she's done. And, um, you know, Mary Murr got a chance to coach with Tara Vanderveer at Stanford. Unbelievable experience. I think they still talk regularly, um, which I'm jealous. <laughs> I tell her all the time, I'm so jealous um, because she was my role model when I was, you know, a young girl. I always wanted to play at Stanford, you know, so um, so that's pretty special. And then, you know, Erin McKinney was our grad assistant and she um, just was a phenomenal statistician and scout. She just the scouts that she would provide our, our team in those two years were just unreal, just with the film and just her knowledge of the game. And now she works um, in the NBA. She's working with the Memphis Grizzlies. So um, so it's, it's just awesome to see uh, these ladies take off in the way that they have. Without a doubt. And one of the, one of the main themes, Coach, whenever you talk about your program, um, is this idea or you know it's it's family and um you know uh i think it's forever teammates forever family is kind of the one of the uh, mottos of your of your program um you know it's it's a big part of your family um you talked about joe your husband uh being on your staff um your daughter casey uh is going to play college basketball at uw whitewater next year um, talk to me about how much basketball has meant to your family, um, not only growing up, um, you know, in California, but to your, to your family now with, with you and your, your three kids and with Joe. Yeah. Basketball is, um, is every day in our house. So it's, um, you know, we, with Casey now being in high school and, and getting ready to graduate from high school and, and now come play for us, uh, you know, it's it's every day we talk about basketball. We talk, you know, Joe and her watch film constantly. Um, and it's in some way, shape or form, it impacts everything that we do on a daily basis. So um, we have embraced that. So we have really engaged our children with everything that we do. So my office, Joe's office, the gym, this building is um, is really their second home. I mean, they have really grown up in this space and we are really blessed and fortunate that we are surrounded here in our department by amazing people that allow for us to do that. Um, over the years, I've you know worked for great athletic directors that have been extremely supportive of our family and allowed for us to, to really raise our family here. And, um, and then to be able to connect our family with our basketball family. So our basketball family is very extended <laughs> um, with all of our players and then all of our, our players' families. So um, we are the type of program that really embraces that. So we, um, 
I want to know all of my players families that's really important to me um and and their where they came from and their culture and their background and um and so we we really try to connect the two and i think that that's what makes our program really special is that even when our players leave here they still feel connected to to what's happening because um they've watched my kids grow up some of them have babysat them many times <laughs> um and so we we love that about it and like you said you know with casey now coming to play here and when she made her decision um to come and we kind of announced it via social media or what have you um she had probably close to 50 or more of my our alumni that reached out to her to say how excited they were that she was coming because they have watched her grow up from a baby to now graduating from high school so they're excited i feel like they almost look at her as like a sister or like you know their little sister is going now to whitewater so um it's really special and i know as parents we didn't want to push her here or force her to come here. We really tried to um, allow her to make the choice, but um, at the end of the day, it's so awesome and we're so excited and, um, and, and she's pretty good too. So <laughs> that helps also. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really about the nucleus of who we are. And, you know, I've always been a very honest and forthright person and I really want our, our players and our families to just really know at the core of who we are and what kind of people we are and um, that we are just kind of just normal people that really just want to coach basketball, win games, keep life simple, um, and do the best we can to make sure that their daughter has a great experience. Coach, what can we look forward to watching from this year's team and then, you know, the teams in the coming years? Well, I think you'll see that uh, we are going to be a little bit different. We're going to be uh, much more athletic. We're kind of going back to being um, more up-tempo. We want to make it a full-court game. Um, I think it's a much more exciting brand of basketball to watch. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to really just stretching the court out more and really um, – allowing our players a little bit more freedom defensively to, to be a little more high risk. And I know that sounds kind of scary, but it may look kind of ugly at times, but I think once the light bulb goes on and it really clicks for them, then it's, it's going to be pretty fun and, and fun for people to, to watch as well. So I would say you're going to see that little bit of a transition here, even this year into next year. And then I think the other thing you're going to see is that this team, this program is, is now turning a corner to where we're going to have much more depth um, and that we're going to be much more balanced than we have in the past, which I'm really, really excited about. Because um, when we make our runs, it's because we have depth and it's because we have balance. And if we can get those two things, then um, then we can make a run because one injury isn't going to you know, shorten our season, we can, we can overcome those things and, and be able to, to make deeper runs into the NCAA, into the NCAA tournament. So, um, so I think that's what we're going to, you're going to see. And then you're always going to see, you're always going to see if you come watch Warhawk basketball, passion, excitement, our bench, just crazy and intense. 
um, and just selfless basketball. Um, and we will always brand that. Um, we're always going to be fun to watch. You're always going to want to come be a part of it because it's going to be exciting. Um, and, you know, I know this year we can't have fans, which stinks, but um, please watch online. I know um, we're going to be broadcasting everything on UWWTV. Um, Chris, you're amazing, and you're going to make that happen for us. Um, so please watch online. And then next year, come out and watch um, when this hopefully COVID is uh, at least maybe settled down a little bit and we can have some fans in the sands because it will be, it'll be a fun game to watch. Well, we all certainly hope for that soon. Uh, Coach, last few questions for you are kind of rapid fire, kind of quick hitter type questions. Okay. All right. So I'll get, we'll, we'll get started with your favorite restaurant in Whitewater. Restaurant in Whitewater, probably eight four one. Your favorite spot on campus? We'll say other than the Williams Center. Oh, the fountain for sure in the middle oh, of campus. It's beautiful. I indeed. love the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> They're very beautiful. Um, you do you have a pre-game ritual or superstition? I don't have a pregame ritual, but I do have a superstition, which um, every year my mom, my mom travels a lot all over the world. And um, so every year she always gives me a piece of jewelry. So I always have that on. Um, each year I have just that one piece of jewelry and I wear it every game. And um I don't know. It just gives me a sense of peace, I guess, that I'm prepared and ready and that I know I'm um, focused. And um, I don't know. I guess you could say maybe a little luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't think I ever knew that. So um, give me your favorite professional sports team. And I think I know the answer. Oh, gosh. That's a tough one because I have a lot of favorites, but it's probably the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> that was my guess. That was my guess. They've had some they've had some success, I would say, in the last five yeah, years. Not so good right now, but we'll get it. We'll get it going again. At least at least Steph is still fun to watch. So, yes. Yes. All sure. right. Last one. Your favorite vacation spot. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to say California. Um, it's beautiful and the weather is incredible. So whether it be up by my parents in Northern California, San Francisco is pretty amazing. Um, one of my favorite cities, great food, lots to do. And then you got San Diego. That's, uh, you know, the beaches are gorgeous. And so, yeah, I'm going to go home, California. <laughs> home. home is where the heart is. Yeah, no, I, I, San Diego's on the bucket list. I got to get there. At some oh, point. you got to go. It's, it's beautiful. Well, Coach, thanks again for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. Um, I appreciate the time. Wish you all the best moving forward, starting especially starting February third. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. And just so everyone knows, you're the best SID in the <laughs> land. So keep up the great work. We love you. That's very kind. Thank you, Coach.